Hello again, everybody. Here we are. It's Thursday, April 9th. Uh, Governor Wall spoke again yesterday. So the stay-at-home order has been extended, but that does not affect um, the amount of time that we're going to be out of school. So this morning for breakfast, I had Apple Jacks. Very legitimate cereal. Um, one of my favorites. And if you if you know Mr. Bacon well, and you listen a lot to you know my live videos and different things like that, um, <clears throat> you'll know that cereal is something that means a lot to me. And one thing that I never realized as a kid uh, was just how little cereal comes in a box. And I think part of that is because my mom always bought the cereal. I mean, you know, as a kid, you're not riding your bike to the store and getting cereal. Like, no, my mom was buying the groceries and she always bought the family sized box. And I think it's, I attribute that to her years of experience. I'm the youngest of four boys. And uh, my oldest brother was 14 when I was born. So my mom knew how fast cereal can go. I was unaware because I've never had to buy boxes of cereal before. I just, they were always just there. Or, when I went to college, I had a cereal bar in the cafeteria that I ate in. And I would have cereal for all meals of the day. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, it didn't matter to me. If I went to the cafeteria and they were serving something that I didn't want to eat, I would just go to the cereal bar and I would have three to four different kinds of cereal. And through that experience... I learned perhaps my favorite part of the cereal now uh, is the milk. When you drink the milk after you eat the cereal. And I didn't know that until college, which really hurts to think about. My entire life, I, I've been squandering cereal milk, just dumping it down the drain. Because, like, oh, it's just spoiled. It's soiled milk now. And nothing could be further from the truth. It's milk that has been enriched with, you know, sugar, essentially, but... Um, when I was a kid, I would always dump it down the drain, and I wish I could take those years back, uh, but I can't. But in college, I learned to drink the milk because I never wanted to dirty up more than one bowl for the cafeteria workers, and I wanted to eat more than one kind of cereal, and you're not going to put Reese's Puffs into Apple Jack's milk because that's, you know, you just can't do that. So I would always drink the milk, and the first time I ever did it, I was like, whoa, this is life-changing. But back to my original point, they don't put a lot of cereal in the box unless you buy the family size. Now, if you buy the family size, you get a lot more cereal. Well, at the beginning of this quarantine process, I only bought one regular size because it was on sale. And I was like, you know, it's cereal. I'll be able to have some for breakfast. Uh, but what you don't take into account is that the serving size on the side of the box is, like, not much cereal at all. And they say, you know, there's however many servings in the box, you know, eight, whatever. But I'm not getting eight bowls of cereal out of there. I'm getting three to four bowls out of one box of cereal. And you might think that that's a lot, like, that's a lot of cereal, but it's not. Like, that's, that's three days. Um, and now I need more cereal again already. And I didn't realize it until today, how small boxes of cereal are. So next time I go to the, the grocery store, 
I'm getting the family size. Maybe two of them. Okay, guys, I'm sorry about that. I, I didn't realize until I reviewed that segment to put it onto the broadcast just how long I talked about cereal. Um, that that kind of dragged on towards the end. I really hope that you're doing something else and just listening to me just babble on about my thoughts in the background because that had to have been unbearable if you if I have your undivided attention. But anyways, today I wanted to talk about something a little bit more serious, um, which is coping with, with emotions and, and with um, what's going on. Uh... I've been looking at the demographics of people that have been listening to the broadcast, and I want to say I do appreciate uh, everybody who's who's turning in. There's looks like maybe some teachers or, or parents, but there's a lot of students. There's a lot of students listening, um, and I appreciate that very much. And if you keep listening, I'll keep talking, just like in real life. <laughs> but I wanted to talk today about dealing with emotions. Um, because I have some very strong ones right now. Um, I think we all do, but in my family, it's a tradition Easter weekend. We all um, stay at this little motel in my hometown, which I know sounds ridiculous. You know, you're staying at a motel in your hometown, but it's very fun. Um, and everybody in my family comes. My grandparents come, aunts, uncles, cousins, everybody comes on my mom's side of the family. And Seriously, we just have so much fun. I mean, every time this side of the family gets together, it is a hoot. And my cousins, we're all very close. And, um, you know, there's always just something to do, you know. And it's, I attribute that to, um, I mean, me being so, um, I, I don't know, I'm a, it's no, it's no secret that for a male, I'm a very, um, in my feelings and, and, and uh, very sensitive. And I think part of that I can attribute to just how close my family is because we're kind of all like that. And so anyways, this is the first year of my entire life that we're not getting together on Easter weekend to stay at the motel in Lake City. 27 years. Well, this, this would be like the 27th straight year. 20. So I'm 26, and this is the first year we're not doing it. So I don't know if this would be the 26th or the 27th year. Numbers confuse me with, like, zero and how that all plays into it. But it's a long time. It's a tradition in life that I was hoping would never be broken. And here it is. I'm going to be in my apartment, isolated, Easter weekend. And selfishly, I was driving around yesterday in my car, because, like, that's one of the activities that you can do. Um, not for a long time, of course, but didn't leave town, but I was just driving. And that really hit home with me. That really set in um, when I drove past the motel that looked like the one that I would be staying at. And I began to feel angry, and I began to feel sad. And I, I, I thought to myself, this is okay. I can, I'm allowed to feel this way. And so are you. Maybe you're upset because you can't play your senior year of softball or baseball right now. Or maybe you're upset because you're at home and you can't see your friends. Or, you know, you're, you're big on hands-on learning and, and you can't be in the classroom. And it's okay to feel upset by those things. Absolutely. It is. 
But don't let it ruin your entire day. Now, I think it's important that when we are upset, we, we feel it and we acknowledge it and we recognize it and we know where it's coming from. Because I've, uh, I've had t- moments in my life where I've been upset and I just, I don't acknowledge where that anger or that, um, um, you know, sadness is coming from. Because there's sometimes I don't want to and there's other times that I just, I legitimately don't know. But I want you to t- take a little bit of time every day to legitimately think about this. And legitimately think about it. what what's upsetting me about this. But then, put it into perspective. Um, America, in the United States right now. Well, hold on. Let me pull up the fact website because I, I check the stats probably five times every day just to see where we're at with cases of uh, COVID in, in the United States. In the United States right now, we have four hundred and fifty-six confirmed cases of COVID. In the next three countries, there's 152,000, 143,000, and 117,000. In Spain, Italy, and France, respectively. So that means if you add up the next three countries in the world, they don't have as many cases as we do. There has been 1,500 new deaths in the United States today alone. We are just just 2,000 behind the leader in deaths, and it's looking like we're going to pass them. We are probably, by the end, the time that this is all said and done, we will lead the world in deaths, because right now, there are just under 10,000 serious or critical cases in the United States, and so what that means is, we're running out of space in the hospitals, because the, the, the spaces where we have the most cases are isolated, so those places are filled up with the beds, and some of these people aren't going to receive treatment and they will die. And that's what I try to keep in mind is there's people out there who are losing family members. And I'm upset because I can't, you know, go stay in a motel with mine. But I can call them. I can text them. They're still around. And that's, that's what's important to keep in mind here. Uh, it's so easy to be upset. And you have every right to be. Like I said. It, these are not small problems that we aren't in school, we aren't together, we aren't able to leave our places. That is horrible. But the alternative to that, because if you listen to Governor Wall's talk yesterday, he said, we've done a great job of slowing this curve, and we have to continue to do that, because if we get complacent and we start leaving our houses and we start going and doing things now, it's, it's, it's only going to get worse, and it can get worse overnight, just like it did in Michigan, just like it did a long time ago in New York. I, I shouldn't say a long time ago, a couple of weeks. Like It feels like a long time ago because this whole experience has been so long. But um, So just, just think about that. Like, Yes, it's okay to be upset about the problems that you have, but just keep it in perspective. Because if, we're, if you don't feel those feelings, then you don't deal with them. But also... Remember the people that are dying. Remember what this is all about. This is a global pandemic. This is something that your kids and your kids' kids and your kids' kids' kids and so on will read about in their history textbooks. Just like you read about the Spanish flu or the bubonic plague or, you know, 9-11 
for the assassination of JFK. This is a monumental moment in the world. So, yeah, the problems that we feel on the micro basis, they feel really bad. But in the grand scheme of things, if you think about it big picture, sometimes that helps. Now, I'm going to put a little plug in here to talk about this, and I'm not trying to be morbid, and I'm not trying to scare people, but I think it's important to talk about. Now, when Governor Walls spoke yesterday, he alluded to the fact that um, it is going to be impossible to completely prevent this um, this inevitable peak that's coming, this, this spread that's coming. Um, we can just push it out. And now we feel better about the capacity that we have in terms of beds and intensive units and ventilators and things like that. And that's good. But there's still a good amount of people that are going to be affected by this very seriously and maybe even killed. Um, one of my good friends from high school's brother uh, recently, well, today, he was taken off of a ventilator, and he's breathing by himself for the first time in uh, two weeks. And he, he's not 50. He's not, you know, he, he's not unhealthy. He's, he's, a, he's a healthy, you know, 30-year-old man. Um, so that's why it's important to take these things seriously and to know that um, it's entirely possible I would even say probable that you or someone you know is going to have a family member who is affected by this very seriously. Um, and that's, that's scary for a lot of people. And I know that I'm, I'm probably not telling most of you news, but what I do want to say with that is with that... Um, We're still here for you at the, uh, the, the support team that you have at the school will be here for you through that process. And if you're at home right now and you're worried um, and, and you just don't know who to talk to, you can talk to me. Uh, if, you, if you're at home and this is, this is causing you a lot of anxiety and there's a lot of things that you, you know, a lot of ways that you're feeling that you don't know how to deal with, you know, you can talk to me. I want you to know that I'm, I'm telling you that right now. Um, and I think that we are all, all feeling those those things from time to time. There are moments that I um, just all of a sudden get very frightened. Um, you know, is, is this going to affect me or, you know, my dad um, had heart failure last year and he has has lost a lot of weight and his heart's doing better, but it's still not like 100%. And, and so, I mean, I'm, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of people that are worried about a lot of things right now. And that's okay. But, you know, don't bottle that up. Talk to somebody if you're concerned. And uh, I'm just saying I'm here to do that. Um, if, if I'm not your person, if you're not comfortable talking to me, you can talk to other people. But um, that, that was me. I, I'm telling you. You can feel free to reach out to me.
All right, I tried something new on that transition. Uh, so if it works, uh, that's great. If it doesn't, I apologize. Um, it's, I, it, I tried putting a song in there, and it said that it might not uh, show up on some of the external apps uh, that people might be listening on. So if you just got like a 30-second pause, uh, I do apologize for that. But um, anyways, uh, the song was Running on Empty by Jackson Brown uh, because I do love that song. And also, uh, this, I'm going to talk about running here for a little bit. And I know that there's some of you that are like, uh, running. But uh, believe it or not, some kids ask me to talk about running. Um, and I'm kind of in my feels about it right now because, um, well, there's two weekends of the year that I look forward to very much. Uh, well, there's a lot more. I mean, everybody listens, look forward, looks forward to every weekend, right? But my two favorite weekends of the year are uh, Easter weekend, which I've already talked about, and uh, Grandma's Marathon weekend. Um, and, you know, I obviously don't get to do that this year. Um, but Grandma's is now doing a virtual race as opposed to um, an in-person race. And I just have so many cool visions that I want to do with that. I want to, um, I want to run it on a day um, where... You know, I either go live sometimes while I'm running, or um, I've even I've even toyed with the idea of like doing it at the track, um, and just having like somebody new run with me each mile. So I have like 26 kids sign up, and like everybody runs a mile with me, and um, trying to do something like that, which I actually really like the idea of, um, or. You know, something, um, something fun, you know, like maybe I just run on the gateway and kids can come out and, and support and, uh, bring me water and Gatorade and treats. Cause, uh, actually when I, when you do marathons, it's really cool. People line the streets and they cheer you on and they support you, but some people bring treats for the runners. And that is like what got me through, uh, at grandma's like. At mile 23, there's a festival of foods on the right-hand side that brings strawberries. And if you think strawberries are good when you're sitting at your house, try eating a strawberry after you've ran 23 miles and it's hot and your mouth is about as dry as the Mojave Desert. Because it, ugh, there's just nothing like it. Or watermelon is another great one because it just explodes with, uh, like, moisture in your mouth. Um... And so, running, I mean, I'm, I'm having a hard time staying motivated. I, I've still been running, um, but, you know, I just need something to, to put me over the hump of this quarantine. So maybe, you know, if we could all come up with some sort of idea um, of how we, can, how we can do something fun together or, or like a virtual run or something, something like that. If you have any ideas, reach out to me. Please, you know how to get a hold of me. My, I got my school email, Instagram, Facebook, all of that. Um, uh, and if you think that we could find 26 people that would want to run a mile with me, social distanced, of course. I can't have 26 people showing up at the same time. And I can't have, uh, you know, a, a whole crowd of people there or anything like that. Unless maybe we did it later in the summer. I, I don't know. Because y- you have until July something to to get it done for grandma's uh weekend and i just think that that would be fun um but anyways uh, some of the questions that i've ever gotten about running are um 
like what's my favorite shoes uh, and my favorite running shoes are ultras a l t r a um, I, I wear the Torin fours right now and uh, I wear the plush edition um, it's a little bit better build they're a little bit softer uh, and uh, I, I love Torrens and I've ran in a lot of shoes but the Torrens work the best for me because Mr. Bacon has a wide foot and uh, every time that I wear just like a regular pair of running shoes um, 100 or so miles in my pinky toe is sticking out the side because I'll, I'll blow a hole in the side because my, my pinky toe is, is like kind of like way out there and something with the way I run I don't know, so I, I have to wear um, a little bit thicker. And Ultra is known for their wide toe box. So if you got a fat foot, uh, run Ultra for sure, they, and they're good for that. Um, my favorite places to run, uh, I have done a good amount of trail runs in my life. I think I've done four, five. Um, I've done a lot more road runs, and I obviously prefer the road to the trail. Um, because it's not as hilly and it's not as technical. But uh, there are some trail runs that I've done that I love very much. Uh, there's a trail run in Black River Falls, Wisconsin, home of Craig Michelson, uh, the best, uh, best art teacher uh, in the Midwest. Um, well, sorry, hold on, I'm sorry, maybe that's hard to say. He's definitely top four at Montemedi High School. Well, top three, because Jan Nelson's obviously, Mr. Nelson's obviously at the bottom. Um, but Craig Michelson, home of Craig Michelson, Black River Falls, it's called the Black River Trail Classic, and it's put on by a company, um, uh, it's like the run company, uh, and they're just super great people, um, there's a chili feed afterwards with really, really good chili, um, the, the race director, he'll come out, introduce himself, usually brings his kid, and he gets emotional at the beginning of every race because he's very, uh, he loves the woods and he loves doing the races, and it's so much fun, and... This, this Black River Trail Classic, I, I can't tell you enough about it. Uh, it's really fun. Every year we go and we do it and we stay at this water park um, that's down there by Black River Falls. Uh, and it's, it's a very fun time for me and my family. Um, there's, I only do the 10K. My brother does the, um, the 50K. There's, there's, a, there's a 10K, a 25K, and a 50K. So 10K is only six miles. Uh, the 50k ends up being like 30 some miles uh, in the woods, which is absolutely insanity. Um, and then the fit the the 25k is like 19 miles or something in, in between there, like that. But um, I love this race because of the scenery. It's the, it's just it's the most beautiful scenery. There's there's one area that I refer to as the tree sanctuary, and I don't know how else to explain it. And you get in there, and it's literally like you can see for miles because the trees are really well spaced out but like all you see are like these big trees and they're just like they're not like sorry i'm not huge on my tree names of like what kind they are but they're not like limbs trees you know they're like christmas trees e uh sorry mr lane he's gonna be really mad at me if he hears this and doesn't know what the, the you know if you, you get what i'm trying to say and one of my favorite things about this race is, is the guy that puts it on, he actually hand makes all of the medals out, out of wood and paints them up really nice, and they're, they're very well put together. They're very neat. Um, and 
at about five and a half miles. So if you're running the 10K, you're already very tired because you've used a lot of your energy. There's something that I refer to as the dirt ladder. And that's the only way that I can describe it because when you go up it, it is so steep, you have to go to all fours. Like, you, you got to go hands and feet. Um, and, yeah, this race, I mean, it's so cool. Um, one, of my, one of my first experiences uh, falling in a race happened in this race, uh, my first year that I did it. I, uh, it's, it's ran in the fall, and so the, the leaves, they cover up a lot of the trail, and one day, or one time, literally in like the first half mile, uh, my foot got caught under a tree root, and I went flying, and I was like parallel with the ground, and I fell so hard, and like, this older woman behind me came up, and she's like, are you okay? And I was like, yes, I'm fine, but I was so embarrassed. And she was like, you know, you don't have to be in a hurry to get up and get going again. And I was like, yeah, I do. Like, I, I got to get away from you because you just saw that happen. Uh, it was terrible. But uh, it, it's fun. It, it kept me honest. Uh, that was the same year, actually. Craziest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I've seen some crazy things. Um, I was trying to keep a good distance between me and the guy in front of me because he was an older gentleman and he'd clearly done a lot of trail races before and this was my first ever trail race so I was like hey I'm just gonna like pace myself with him because I had visions of me going out there and running my hardest race and like burning out by the time I got to mile four and just like having to walk it in and I didn't want to do that so I'm running a little bit behind this older gentleman and I hear like a like a stampede almost like, uh, you know, you, you hear footprints on the ground, and I'm like, what is that? And seriously, probably less than six feet in front of that older man, um, definitely not social distancing, a deer came flying out of one side of the woods, and this was in some very dense uh, shrubbery and trees and things, so you couldn't see really on either side of the trail, uh, but this deer came flying by, and by the time I realized what it was, it was gone, and I couldn't count great because it was going so fast but I mean I would estimate it to be a, between 8 and 12 points I mean it was a big buck and it just about put a couple points through this dude's ear hole but it didn't happen that way uh, luckily it was a near miss and the guy the man turned around to me and he was like that was almost really bad and I said yeah like because we were out there in the middle of the woods, too. We were probably three miles deep at that point. Like, who knows uh, what would have happened. Uh, that's, that's my craziest trail running stories. My brother uh, that I go down there and run with, he's done a lot of more races than I have. He's got crazier stories than I do. He, uh, he one time stumbled on a rattlesnake in, the, in a race uh, in the middle of summer. And he said that he, like, tried to throw rocks and sticks at it, but he, it wasn't going to move. So he just went around it, but... Um, yeah, no, I think that would be the end of my race. I, I, snakes freak me out bad, so I would be, I would be done at that point, but he, he kept going. Um, but my favorite road race that I've ever done was obviously, um, old grandma's marathon's really fun. You run along Lake Superior most of the way, um, and that was obviously really fun, but a lot of the races that, that I run in Stillwater too, Stillwater runs a lot of great races. Um, th they have, you know, this entire run of Stillwater series where, uh, you know, basically 
from May to October almost, you can find a, a race to run in Stillwater every month. And uh, Stillwater is a great place to run. It's beautiful. Uh, there's some chill. There's some hills in there for a little challenge if you're into that. Um, I'm not, but you know I do it. Um, the, the new one last year was the St. Croix Crossing because it goes across the new bridge and it's beautiful to be out there. Uh, it's pretty early, so the sun's still coming up, um, and that's that's always fun. It brings out a good crowd, and uh, they they really take care of you too. You get a nice little uh, snack and stuff at the end. And um, you get a good good shirt, cool shirt. And all the medals go together, too, which is really cool. Um, but unfortunately, uh, I've never been able to do the Still, Stillwater Half because that, that's on the same weekend as uh, a, a series in Rochester called the Med City uh, that I've done the last couple of years um, that, that are very important to me and my family, and we do them every year. But uh, I don't think that they're going to have them this year, um, unfortunately, because of the COVID um, another question that I get asked is, is my favorite running songs, you know, what I listen to when I'm running. And that's a hard, that's a hard one because I listen to a little bit of everything. Um, I actually find that I end up running, uh, a lot, um, like uh, my pace and things like that end up, um, being dictated by the rhythms of the songs that I listen to. So when I run these races and I run long distance, I actually have to look at the playlist before I go, and I'm not going to put Hell's Bells by ACDC as the first song because, I mean, once that song's going, I'm full out. Like, I'm, I'm running. Like, I'm, that is like, there's a bear behind me. I'm running. But, um... You know, I'll listen to some of my softer things at the beginning of the race and until about the halfway point because that's I try to run the races with this strategy. Um, I, I think of it in terms of video games when you think of a stamina bar and I try to keep my stamina bar 75% full to full for the entire first half of the race. So I'm running slower than I think I need to run. If, I, if my goal for the race is to run every mile at a 9.45 pace, I'm trying to do the first half of the race at a 10 to 10.15 per mile pace. And then I'll try to run those numbers down in the second half of the race. Um, now, not everybody has the same strategy. Um, my brother is a little bit different. He, what he'll do is he just starts out running as hard as he can and just tries to run as hard as he can for as long as he can. Uh, I think that's, you know, hard. I think he's an idiot for doing that. Uh, but he's always done that. My first ever 5k was my first year out of high school. Um, and I used to think that a 5k was like an unrealistic achievement for me, but I ended up doing one, like my first year out of high school. And I ran it with my brother. And my goal was to be like around eight minute miles the whole way. Okay. And I had no idea what racing was like or what, you know, any of this. So I had, I'd done a couple of training runs, but nothing too intense. And um, we come out of the gate and we're running very fast. Like I, I can feel it. I'm like, whoa, we're moving right now. Uh, but I was like, you know, I, I just want to make sure I hit the eight minute mile mark. So, you know, we'll keep running. And all of a sudden, 
we come up on a sign that says mile one. And I was like, already? Like, that was, that was very fast. And he looks down at his watch, because he's got all these fun, fancy running doodads. And he looks down at his watch, and he is laughing. And I go, what, what's so funny? And he goes, guess how fast that mile was? And I said, seven minutes. And he said, no, it was 6.17. Still, to this day, my fastest mile of all time, 6.17. And I ran it on the first leg of my best 5K of all time. But I did die off. I didn't, I didn't even come close to keeping that pace up. I think we finished at 23.19, uh, which makes me laugh really hard every time because it's, uh, it's the code that they holler out in Monsters Incorporated uh, when George gets the kid's sock on his back. Uh, 2319. But anyways, um, I forgot what I was originally talking about now. Oh yeah, songs. So yeah, you gotta you gotta run. To me, it's it's um, you know it depends on how I want to run. If I'm having an easy day, I have a playlist for that. If I'm trying to go out there and have a nice hard run uh, for long distance, that's gonna be some of my heavier, darker songs uh, that kind of take me to the place that I need to be mentally. Um, to do that all right last question i'm going to answer today um and then you know this will probably be it for episode three um how i got into running and this one is a little bit more personal for me um so i hope you don't mind that i say this um i got into running uh when i quit uh some of my badder habits um i know that a lot of you have probably seen my YouTube video where I talk about some of my mental health issues, and I used to try and um, I used to try and drown out a lot of those mental health issues with uh, alcohol. I drank not a lot, but when I did drink, I drank pretty heavy, and it was when I was, you know, in, in emotional lows and. Um, I know that there's some of you out there right now. Um, I won't name any names, senior boys, but it was like, yeah, I'll it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but it was never pretty, and and I I want it to be known uh, right now. My official stance: I don't think that drinking alcohol is cool. I've seen it ruin a lot of families. Um, I think uh, alcohol is by far the most dangerous drug that we have on the planet. I think that there's stats that back that up. It's the most harmful drug in the world, and it's the one that we normalize the most. It's the one that you can't turn the TV on without seeing ads for. It's the one that uh, most of our parents do and make you know tell us that it's okay to do for a long time. And um, I think that that's, that's dangerous on a global scale. Um, but anyways, before I, you know, uh, um, back to my how I got into running, I... I just had like this, all this new time and energy uh, once I was done drinking, and I needed to fill this void. And I was like, you know, well, maybe I'll try running. And I did. I ran a mile um, on the track, and it was just like so boring and so hard. Like I literally, I ran the first lap, and I was like, I want to be done doing this right now. And I was like, well, nobody comes to the track to do one one lap, so like let's just do a mile, and then we'll go home. And it was slow. And it was a hard process, and I, you know, I, I, I was hurting. And, um, I kept, I just kept going. Um, and, and I'm sorry, I talked about the 5K that I ran right out of high school. So that was when I was, like, 19, and then I took a break from running between, like, 19 and probably 23. And so this is when I started running again, was about 23. And so when I, when I got back into it, I was like, well, I want to do something that's bigger than a 5K. 
because I had already done the 5K. And I was like, but I just don't think I'll ever be able to do it. I want to run a half marathon, but I don't think I'll ever be able to do it. And I, I found the Med City race that I was talking about. And my brother had done the Med City Marathon so many times. And um, the Med City is where I ran the 5K with him because they have a 5K, a half marathon, a 20-mile run uh, in preparation for grandmas, and then a full marathon. So I decided I was going to run the Med City half marathon. I decided in November. And so what I did was I signed up. And I knew that by signing up, I didn't have an out anymore. I'd spent my money on it, and that day was going to come whether I was ready or not. So I might as well just be ready. So it was it was like a motivation to me to have that date in mind. I'm like, this is what I'm running to. And so uh, now, every time I went out to run, it wasn't just one lap at a time. It was everything I'm doing, I'm doing to get better for this day. It's kind of like school, uh, unfortunately. This is not the way that it should be, uh, in some people's opinion. Uh, you know, where you don't have the incentive to do something unless you know there's going to be a test or a grade. Well, it's hard to run if you don't have the incentive, like, this is the race that's coming up. It's hard to practice a sport if you're like, oh, I don't have a game coming up. Like, so that, that's what just signing up for a race that I didn't think I was ready for did for me. And then I did the same thing a year later when I signed up for a full marathon. And that's kind of what I've just continued to do is just sign up for things that I don't think that I can do and then just like working until I know that I can do them and it, it helps to, to do things that way um, and that's why it's important to set goals uh, if you don't have goals in your life and then you know it's hard to get anything done so it's kind of uh, running that's why I love running is there's so many metaphors for running and life and, and, and they just go back and forth and hand in hand so much um, but yeah um, I think that's all I'm going to say about running today. So thank you guys for listening. Um, as always, I'm going to try to put another song on the end of the episode and hopefully it shows up. Uh, if it doesn't, I, I apologize, but, um, I hope everybody has a lovely Easter weekend. Happy good Friday tomorrow. And, um, I, I hope you're nothing but a safe and happy Easter. Please stay home. Don't, 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 uh, interact with people that, uh, you haven't been quarantining with and, um, you know, just stay safe.